Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. Um, this week, my guest is Taylor Young from Twitching Tongues and Nails and Disgrace. Um, Twitching Tongues have a new record coming out called Disharmony on Metal Blade Records. I believe by the time this is online, it will either be out or be moments away from being released. Um, the record is fucking amazing. I've been friends with Taylor for quite a while now. Um, I did a podcast with his brother, Colin, who sings in Twitching Tongues, as one of my first episodes of this podcast, um, and as I pronounced in that as well, um, I exist, my band toured with Twitching Tongues a couple of years ago in Europe, and we've had the pleasure of touring with them in Australia as well, and Taylor is an awesome dude, and someone, you know, who I've come to be friends with, and it's fucking rad that I've managed to maintain that friendship with those guys, um, despite living on the other side of the earth from me, um, but yeah, they're awesome dudes, and Taylor's particularly, uh, you know, got an interesting story with the different bands that he's in, and, uh, the fact that as well he records a lot of the music that, um, he releases with those bands too, um, Twitching Tongues in particular, so it was good to chat to him about that stuff and mainly, you know, just have a talk about the new Twitching Tongues record and um, sort of get a bit of an insight from his perspective on, uh, you know, the creation of that and how the band has sort of grown to the point it's at now from where it started out. Um, I want to spruik some other things in this intro as well. Um, obviously, the live show, the live podcast is happening on the... 17th of December at the Reverence Hotel. There's tickets available for that online at obliviousmaximus.bigcartel.com. Um, so if you're interested in coming to the live show, they're $5. That'll be awesome. Got some great guests. It'll be really fun. Um, and also, I Exist is playing a show at the Reverence Hotel as well on Friday the 13th of November with The Kill, The Ruiner, and another band I play in called Big Bread. It's dumb as fuck, but it's going to be our first show, so that'll be sick. Um, yeah, 13th of November at The Reverence with The Kill, The Ruiner, and Big Bread. It's 15 bucks. It'll be sick. And then the next day, I exist is playing Scumfest in Adelaide on the 14th of November with Cosmic Psychos and Grenadiers and Space Bong and High Tension and Hobo Magic. It'll be fucking rad. Um, so if you're in Melbourne or Adelaide... Come and fucking have a chat. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what you think of I Exist as a stupid band. Um, otherwise, enjoy this conversation I had with Taylor. I know I did. It was a pleasure to get to talk to him on the phone again for a little bit. Um, but I will preface this how I do all the ones that I do over the internet. This is done on FaceTime. So the audio clips in and out a little bit here and there. I think I did a pretty decent job of cutting it together. Um, but... Yes, if there's any issues with that, take that up with Steve Jobs' ghost and whoever else works for Apple and, uh, you know, let them know they got to fix this fucking system they got here so that we can talk better. Or, I guess, the government of Australia, figure out your Wi-Fi, Sitcho, because it's fucking annoying, things dropping out. Anyway, um, <laughs> here's um, episode 29 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Taylor Young of Twitching Tongues and Nails and Disgrace. 
enjoy this shit. It's fucking cool. Go pick up Disharmony by Twitching Tongues on Metal Blade Records. Fuck yeah. Brutal. Thank you for calling me from your home. <laughs> no problem. Um, all right. So I start all of them by asking people how they primarily got into music. Like what was the first thing that sort of uh, took your investment in it? I guess it happened at an early age. Uh, my dad always had tapes lying around. I had Black Sabbath tapes and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And like he, he liked Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. So that was all around. So that was like the first thing. So he's a musician, so uh, it kind of led to that. Um, and then slowly it just got a little more aggressive through like my brother, older brother's friends leaving shit in his car and like me just buying shit because they had cool band names and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Like, like straight up, I think I got, I think I bought the Hatebreed record just because they had a crazy band. And I was like, there's no way that this is going to be bad. There's yeah. no way this is not going to be hard as fuck. <laughs> there's flames so, on the logo. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. So it was like, <laughs> all right, well, like, as long as it goes Jun Jun, I like it. And it fucking blew my mind. And at that point I was already listening to like Grimlock and a bunch of like Northeast, uh, like New England hardcore bands. Uh, yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there, and I kind of some you know, found all that stuff backwards and I'm chromatically way in your car, car Yeah, right. Uh, just kind of fell in. Place. Um, so like at so that's that pretty much it. At that point, were you already like playing music and stuff? Though did that come before that, or was that sort of the inspiration to start doing that? That like. Like, uh, in the middle of that, it would be like, I, you know, like I started playing drums just cause my dad had a kit yeah. and, uh, then I like, you know, didn't really have friends who liked the same kind of music. So I started to play guitar so I could write songs that I wanted to hear. Yeah. And this was when we were growing up in Connecticut. So like nobody, nobody I knew that went to my school, liked the same kind of shit. Yeah, right. I just wanted to, I wanted to play mosh parts and they wanted to fucking write shit that sounded like the used or something fucking <laughs> terrible. Lame. Yeah. Um, um Yeah, cool. So, well, yeah. like um when like was being in that like I think I spoke about it with Colin, but I guess it probably was a little bit different for you being older than him, but I know for sure, like, when I grew up in Canberra, like, it's a relatively small place, and it took me a while to find people that had, like, uh, you know, that liked the same stuff that I like. There wasn't that many people in my school. There was a couple people here or there, but it really took, like, going and, like, sneaking into, like, shitty local death metal shows before I found out, like, oh, there's other people here that like this sort of stuff. Was that the same sort of vibe where you guys grew up? Well, kind of, like... You know, there were some. There were a few kids who liked death metal. Yeah. In my high school, I later heard like Cannibal Corpse, and I went on tour with DSI, and I was like, oh. and uh, but it took it took me, you know, like hearing hearing the wrong thing. Like I heard the wrong Morbid Angel song. Yeah. First, 
And I was like, oh, this sucks. But then, like, I heard Covenant front to back, and I was like, oh, shit. Well, never mind. This blows my mind. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I think it was just because, like, late 90s, early 2000s kind of did wasn't the era of the classic shit. And because I was just a young kid going into record stores, I would buy whatever came out around then. Yeah, like, right. So. I think I think I think that's sort of I had a similar thing with that too is that when and I guess it was a bit it was a bit hard for us here that in Australia we only had back in the day we had like the Roadrunner magazine and things like that like that was what yeah. we based decisions off and when, I definitely did that too. Yeah. And like when, I remember when that first started happening I had, it was in a similar thing where I was buying like the you know whatever early 2000 day aside record was or something yeah. like that and it was just shit and then right but then going that was you know it was good that i started there because then it meant at least i knew who things were and then i just started working backwards through to find everything that was good (laughs) and then you get once upon the cross and you're like oh shit i've been my whole (laughs) life is a lie what have i been doing yeah (laughs) um all right so how old were you when you guys moved to la then i was 16 okay so definitely i was already yeah, I was already playing stuff and like writing songs, and then I we moved to California, and it was a lot easier to find like-minded people yeah. here. And like, I started like two bands within moving within like six months of moving here. Yeah, and uh, from like you know, just like either going to shows or m- meeting people from like CaliHardcore dot com. That was the first thing I found. I don't know why I <laughs> used that. But I don't, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure if it's there anymore, but they used to actually keep a good, it was like a good central hub of what shows were going on. Yeah. Um, uh, and then like eventually like other shit and I, you know, I had to make friends that way just because there were, again, there were none really in my school. There were one or two and they, some of them actually play in bands still, but they, uh, you know, it was, it was still hard just yeah. to be in like a normal a normal area and find people but like at shows like shows were more attended i would say yeah i think that was a difference for me too was when like i sort of it didn't i mean in school i sort of just dicked around with the friends i had playing you know death metal and stuff but then when i moved then when i finished school and i like i started working at a guitar shop and then going to shows more because you know i'd made friends outside of just those couple dudes that wanted to play death metal in our parents' garages. <laughs> like it that's yeah. that's when yeah. that shit sort of develops for you, I guess. Um, yeah. So definitely. So when was when was I guess the first point for you where I don't know, it start you started sort of exploring that music would be something you'd want to, you know, like do ongoing. Was that like the drive from the get go or was that just sort of you finished school and that's what happened? Um, I think that that was the initial goal the whole time, like, uh, just going to shows and playing shows and, and writing songs was the only thing that I enjoyed. And, you know, when I was younger, it wasn't like, oh, I could make this as my profession. Yeah. Just kind of happened. But I also didn't really want to do anything else. I think, I think I, I had a, I have and had a backup plan of working in television because that's what my dad does. He, you know, he makes or like I and I did that for a, a couple of years. I like built cables for TV studios and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I got uh, audio job offers that I turned down, but like I, 
you know, that was the back, that was the original plan and, and working for myself ended up kind of working out. So it just kind of happened. So, well, I guess, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are aware, but you are the, you know, primary uh, force behind recording all of the bands you're in. Um, but like, ha- how, some, yeah, so, well, some of, um, how did you, like, did that stem from, you know, the, like, the sort of work your dad was doing? Or was that something you were sort of interested in otherwise? Um, that Yeah, it kind of kind of stemmed from, from what he was doing. And he had a kind of leisurely uh, recording uh, gear collection. Like, sure. that he just kind of slowly... He's, he, he would buy some shit and then not use it, really. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dad, if you're not watching. Or if you're, <laughs> if you're watching. Uh uh yeah he uh, he would just kind of buy some shit and uh and i would end up picking it up and playing with it more than he would really um and uh slowly like eventually we started building a studio together and uh i would start buying gear and then i ended up buying a lot of gear yeah and then the studio ended up being finished and then he moved out yeah and and then it just kind of like like our project became a like a way of living for me yeah so was that was like the uh i guess sort of the benefit to when you start uh i guess recording and sort of trying to work a bit more professionally i suppose as like owning a studio the one of the biggest benefits is if you are in a band because it means then you can you know learn how to do things with the bands you're in um, right, yeah, I definitely did a lot of guessing and checking. Yeah, for kind of th- for, like I didn't. I was never uh, f- officially taught at all. I I kind of did learn some things by recording with other people, though. Yeah, and so was that like was that an intention? Uh, I guess when you started like exploring that recording stuff to sort of be able to be in control of the way that your bands do things, or is that something that's just sort of like happened because of your ability to do it i guess um it just kind of happened but at the same time whenever i did a recording with someone else uh there were aspects of it that i weren't wasn't happy with sure that i would like to be able to fix and and also you know not pay other people to do something i can do so i've you know wanted to get better at it yeah um so like how long how long have you been doing that stuff for now do you think or has it just been sort of you're kind of a blur well i you know started messing around with like a digital eight track and i would say 2003 Mm -hmm. and then i eventually moved on to using a computer in like 2000 I'd say 2006. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I recorded my first, like a, my first recording for someone else in 2009. Yeah. So you'd had a bit of experience by that point, anyway. Yeah, like, but you know, I'm still learning. Uh, I think I'll always be learning, and uh, but at the same time, I think I'm good enough to make money from it. Yeah. <laughs> A good point to be at, at least. Yeah. Um, all right. So, well, I mean, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk to you about being 
that when I talked to Colin, I kind of got a pretty sound sense of your, both of your upbringing. But, um, yeah. Like, how has it been for you, you know, being, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously, uh, since Twitching Tongues and I guess before as well, how has it been being in a band, like being in such a close-knit environment with your younger brother? Um, well, it's it's good because I think we kind of um, became, mus- like, m- we kind of came into our, our own together. Yeah. Like, you know, I was all, I kind of had a really unstructured way of writing songs and he kind of came in and made everything make more sense, I would say. Sure. And, um, and, uh, you know, I liked music a lot earlier than he did. And then because I won't say he got into music because of, no, he got into music because of, Whatever, like he I, he definitely listened to the same shit I was listening to when I was listening to it. But then he would also find new shit occasionally, you know. Yeah. And then so it, we did eventually. I don't know. We became a team, and it it uh, it's it's great. Yeah. It's like I have a, I have another me almost. <laughs> a perfect result. And, he, he, and then he has his is the same thing. I almost I, like I sometimes I wish we had one more. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier for you. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but like, has that? I mean, has that always been the case with you two, or was like, did it take uh, developing through, you know, like your teenage years and like you know moving and things like that to develop that bond with him, or was that something that you always felt was there? We definitely didn't like when we were younger. Uh, when we were like out playing with friends or whatever, he, he I would make him be the bad guy all the time, so we'd kill him. Uh, <laughs> like you know, we we kind of we kind of uh, brotherly beefed pretty often. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, the more he got it, like you know, and then like my mom would joke about him being in a band with me, and I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, look at this fucking nerd." <laughs> like, uh. And then and then and then he started playing drums, a little bit, and I was like, "Wow, you should stop because you fucking suck." <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, he got good, and I was like, "All right, well." Like one of my other bands uh, actually had I had to switch back to drums too after I was playing guitar in it. Yeah, and then he was able to step in. He was able to step in, and I was able to switch back to guitar, mm. which was sick. So like, uh, and then we started another band immediately after that. So he picked up he picked up drums first, and that's kind of where it started. And then, and then it just became, and then it turned into Twitching Tongues, where he was singing, and we, but we were still writing the songs with him on drums. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So is that so is it's, that something is that something for you that's been important about like uh, the writing of the music for you guys as well? I guess like as you said, there's similar interests and tastes there, but then like does that have a you know has that do you feel like that has had a good impact on the band as well? The fact that you guys have sort of been around one another for so long and been around the instruments and things like that is that informed how you guys now write the songs? Yeah, kind of. And like I say we have 
a, yeah, we have a similar palette, so it kind of it just kind of all works together. Yeah. Um, and he he probably listens to more music than I do now. He's got a more dynamic range of of what he can stand. Like I can't fucking listen to Lady Gaga, but he can listen. He listens to Lady Gaga all the time. And I yeah. don't understand that, and I never will. And that gives him a little more uh, insight into like writing hooks and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, whereas I just want everything to be heavy all the time. Mm. And, you know, we kind of balance each other out in some ways. But at the same time, when I write a heavy part that I want him to be singing a certain way over, he already knows what I'm thinking before. I don't have to tell him yeah, how right. to sing over this part. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I guess the pertinent reason for talking to you this week is being that when this goes on the internet, your new record will be out. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, um, I guess when I saw you last, you guys had, were like sort of in underway, like writing that, uh, writing the album. What was the, how was the process yeah. for this record different from your previous one? Uh, I don't think it was except for the fact that we kind of, well, I uh, I guess it was, but like the last record, we were we had our direction and yep. we knew what we were doing, mm-hmm. and then this rec this record we kind of had like you know the last record had a bunch of different vibes on it, yep. and it was like oh like we could take one and run with it, mm-hmm. and so we kind of had to decide what kind of band we wanted to be yep. at that point. And like, what do you like, think informed that decision then? I mean, I think it was just a matter of what we enjoyed playing. Okay. Um, like, we, I didn't want to play the slow songs. I didn't want to play the melodic songs because it's not fun to play mm-hmm. half the time. Like, we feed off reactions of people, and when we play the song in Love, There's No Law, half the song is getting zero reactions, so we aren't enjoying playing the song. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, if we don't enjoy playing music, what the fuck is the point? Because that's yeah. our main, main thing. Mm. So it's kind of like, well, what kind of songs do we want to play? Like, we still write melodic songs and we like hearing the slow songs and listening to them. But when it comes to playing in a live environment, it's got to have the fire. So yeah, we wrote an we wrote an album that's fucking burnt, just a burning building. <laughs> that's a good review of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like I guess the the thing that. I mean, despite being friends with you guys, the thing that always like has drawn me to your band since you know I first heard you guys was the fact that, uh, to me, despite what music you listened to or like what uh, you, the sort of sound was, I could tell regardless that, or at least in in my opinion, you guys were always kind of like the perfect uh, cross section of like the you know roadrunner magazine earache mailing order like metal blade back catalog back of magazine things like it was the greatest sort of combination of the uh differences they had on those record labels like and i i don't know whether other people maybe in the hardcore scene were sort of uh sort of recognize that but that was sort of the something that i picked off like straight away when i first met you guys was like if if only everyone had a brain that was as big as yours <laughs> i think the rest of the world would understand what we were trying to do 
Well, I think I honestly think that's why I got along so well with you guys. Was like I was like, oh, these guys know exactly what I liked when I was in school. This is perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, we just like the same shit. Yeah, um, and so it was like because uh, I mean uh, I've heard the new record and it. I would say that uh, for me, it just sounds like a far more cohesive attempt at you know. Uh, purveying that sort of era of music in a, you know, developed and modern sense, I suppose. Fucking A. Nailed it. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so was was that, like, the plan for you guys then, I guess? Like, was that the yeah, idea there? Yeah, basically, it was kind of just... The album needed to make more sense in kind of a certain way. Yeah. Whereas the last one, you like, the last record has four heavier songs three weird songs and then like two doom songs or whatever and this one is kind of like uh you know half it's like a it's like a metal record and a hardcore record with maybe two weird songs yeah with you know like just to break it up and make it make it not monotonous mm-hmm. um so, so i guess yeah. what i mean I think maybe for outsiders, this might be like something that's somewhat interesting to discuss. But how has that, how has sort of like been, uh, I guess, you know, you guys came up, or Twitching Tongues as a band came up within the LA like hardcore scene. Um, and how, how has that been for you guys since, I guess, this like honing of the style that you guys are approaching? How has it been trying to translate that within that scene and then yeah, it's outside of it as well for you? I will preface this by saying California hardcore is the best and I love it. Yep. But it, you know, they're sometimes we're laid on stuff and, you know, California didn't really pick up on us until after new york did or philly did mm-hmm. like we weren't having like we were having we had good shows we had you know occasional good shows but it wasn't until we had amazing shows on the east coast that we had amazing shows at home yeah right and, and it's it's weird and that's the thing that happens with pretty much any band it happened with nails uh you know st- there's still a good, a big pocket of kids who don't understand disgrace and probably never will because we're kind of a not as accessible band, I would say. Yeah. But but it's like a you know it's just it's just a thing that happens where you know it won't be it won't be until after everyone else understands that that they'll kind of catch on. But also we don't really have a West Coast sound. Mm-hmm. We have kind of an East Coast sound. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, none of like uh, aside from like Machine Head, who's not a New York band, but they sound like a New York band too. Yeah. So, which like, I don't want to compare ourselves to Machine Head, but at the same time, like that's kind of relevant to what we sound like. Yeah, sure. But so, like, would you say that's something that's like uh, was a detriment to you guys, or something that was like an like an advantage? Then was it, did it sort of like push you harder to do things like that at home? Uh, I guess a little of both. Like at the same time, it kept us it kept us uh, leveled in a way that we we need we know what we need to work on. I guess, or like you know, we know 
that whatever success we're having is not everywhere. It's we have work to do. We yeah. have to. We have you know we have to forge forward. But at the same time, uh, you know it was a bummer that like we can have these great shows and they won't be within six hours of our home. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna bust and your ass to get it, to them. It was, it, yeah, like that was kind of sad sometimes, but at the same time, uh, it just made us want to be better. Yeah. Um, all right. So where where do you see things going for you guys with Twitching Tongues from here? Like, what what's your goal now? The band was started with the idea that anything could happen because we wanted to have a band where. The reason we part of the reason we started a band with Colin singing and me playing guitar is that no matter what, with us two, the core is the same and and we are the band. Yeah. So like the idea is like we've always had the idea in our head that anything could happen. So we want to be able to do this band, no matter what. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and that's that's always been the plan, and we were prepared for that, and you know. Now we're kind of we're gonna play it by ear. We're not trying to be a fucking metal band or anything like that. We're just kind of gonna do our thing and keep doing tours the way we do tours and being selective. And if we get some cool offer, we're gonna do it. If we don't, we're gonna keep do- we're gonna keep doing our thing. Yeah, sick. And I guess like the other sort of big news about this record was that um, it's coming out on Metal Blade, which is obviously like yeah fucking awesome um and you know i know again i was with you guys i witnessed your excitement firsthand when fucking you know that, that fucking, came about. fucking oath mate <laughs> fucking oath um and but yeah like it so like how, how do you feel like do you feel like that has a reflection on how you're going to you know move forward with the band then as well or is that something that's sort of uh you know, it's just a pleasant side angle to the the thing that you guys are doing. Um, well, with the sound of the record, like in the middle of writing it, we kind of knew we needed to aim for something like that. Yeah, just because, like, yeah, like we would have we would have still written a record and put it out on closed casket, and mm-hmm. we knew that whatever we were doing, closed casket had to be involved. Yeah, because we're never gonna not be a hardcore band. There's never gonna be a time where we're fucking not gonna enjoy people spin kicking into other people like well that's what we like that's what we know yeah but at the same time we needed we needed kind of the next push just to you know if there's no point in continuing to be a band if you're not uh rising in some way and i don't mean that as like making more money or getting more popular i just mean making your band hit the next plane that it should be on Mm -hmm. and i think that we knew what kind of songs we were writing so we kind of aimed for labels and they seemed like the best choice and the best group of people to work with well that's sick and you know it's obviously worked out (laughs) yeah absolutely um shout out to vince shout out to mike what's up fuck yeah um so I guess the the other thing that's sort of like a main uh, point of like uh, attention for you particularly is uh, playing in nails, um, and that is obviously 
you know, your primary focus is within twitching tongues, obviously. Um, but so like, how, how was that like for you? I mean, how, how did it become, uh, you know, how did you start playing drums and nails? How did that all kick off? Uh, in 2007 mm-hmm. or eight, Todd talked to me about starting a band. Yep. And it was, you know, we didn't really, he, he had an idea. I didn't really know what was going on. And he, and I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. He ended up going with a more local guy. Yep. Who, this dude, Tom Hogan, who played drums in 108 and a bunch of other bands. He's sick. What's up, Tom? Uh, he, you know, and it kind of, it worked out. And uh, I think, Tom, you know, uh, Tom, Tom's a good drummer, but I think it, he wanted to take it a little more to the next level so he asked me yep to to jump in and uh and then we wrote on silent death in 2009 i played my first show in 2009 came out in 2010 and uh you know just kept going kept snowballing into what it is now yeah and so like what is what is uh the requirement on you then in terms of being a part of that band like obviously you got you have quite a lot on your plate with being in twitching tongues and like keeping that moving forward. What does it sort of, uh, you know, require of you being in nails as well then? Well, um, we're, we're not the highest touring band. Like we don't do a crazy amount. Todd's got a full time job and, and family. Mm -hmm. He can't really not, he can't really not be home for long periods of time. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of, work the schedule together like uh on the upcoming twitching tongues tour nails is playing a show in the middle of the tour yeah right like Na- nails is playing the house core fest while twitching tongues is in texas yeah <laughs> and uh there's like scheduling things like that happen pretty often mm-hmm. and uh it's just you know stuff that we have to do but at the same time it usually really works out fine because nails probably doesn't tour for more than a collective month yeah in a year and then Twitching Tongues is maybe like three or four. Yeah. So, and then the rest of the time I use for recording or disgrace and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so, like, is that, like, is Nails then a band that is sort of just <laughs> relatively malleable for you guys then ongoing as well? Like, is that something that's just going to sort of continue as it goes to the side of, you know, the full-time jobs and Twitching Tongues and things like that? Yeah, like it's not like Nails Nails is a band that has to be a band. We are we like Todd is a a, a person who cannot live his life without playing music. Yeah. Uh and I love being in Nails. I love being a part of Nails and it's you know, I'll do it until it doesn't exist anymore, which I don't think that'll ever happen because I think you know, Todd is Nails and he he will do it forever and I will do it as long as he wants me to be a part of it. Yeah, sick. So, so it, you know, and uh, when we write records, we are writing a record to to write a record, not to fill a quota or be part of a album cycle or anything like that. Like, and we we take our we take care of the music, you know, to write to write music. Yeah. Not for any other reason. So when we play, we play because we need to play, and we play because we want to play not because we have to not because we are obligated to play sure so it's great is um do you guys have like sort of things in the works then with more stuff for that or is that stuff that's going to have to hold off until 
after you guys are done with the stuff you've got going on now with Twitching Tones? Nails is recording a new album in January. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. First record for Nuclear Blast Entertainment. Sick. Very good. Yeah. Um, so I guess the only other real things that I wanted to like sort of touch on with you is like how um, you see Twitching Tongues sort of uh, <clears throat> moving outside of the US. Like I guess it's a really like you guys have, you know, have built yourselves up quite a following over there. And I guess, as you said earlier, it took you some time to develop that where you guys, you know, live and where the band is from. Um, but at this point, it's, you, yeah. know, it, you know, it's it's built up quite well. Um, what are your, like, if any, what are the goals that you guys have outside of, you know, the U S well, um, we, we've gone to Europe every year. We've done a European tour for every U S tour we've done. Yeah. Right. Um, I can't say that we have the same footing there that we have here. Sure. Um, I would like to, and we are going to work on it and you know, we're doing the persistence tour in January and we'll probably have to put in a little bit more work there than we do here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, we're gonna, and I think we'll go back in the summer and hopefully do some of the festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, which would be great. Yeah. And then f- as far as Europe, or sorry, uh, Australia and Japan, you know, that those are the best places in the world. What's up? <laughs> Um, so we'll be there, we'll be there soon, hopefully too. And we would like to play both of those places as much as we fucking can. Yeah. It's just a bit of a trek. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It's, it's hard, man. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, if it, if it works out on, on, uh, y'all's end, we're, we're, we're in. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, all right. Well, is there anything that you want to like? I don't know. Is there anything you feel like you need to promote to the people? Obviously, your record will be coming out the week this comes out. So people should listen uh, to that. Well, I will, I'll say the uh, the God's Hate LP is a truly masterful creation. And Good. I think that everyone, I think all the, the Corman and, and metal people in Australia alike will greatly enjoy it. I think so, too. And... Uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll fucking be there soon. I don't, not much for self-promotion, but, you know, I think that needs to be said. That's not that I'm in the band, but, you know, I mean. You like it. <laughs> Clearly. You're invested in it, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my name's on the record, but it's, it does mean nothing from here on out. Mm. All right, cool. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty good. I will, uh say thank you for fucking spending some time talking to me for the podcast um fucking oath man i loved it sick all right thanks dude i'm gonna stop recording now and that was the episode thank you so much for listening to the oblivious maximus podcast for another week apologies again for the line qualities with uh facetime but uh as you can tell it doesn't really matter the conversation was still there regardless go out and by Disharmony by Twitching Tongues, available now on Metal Blade Records. Fuck yeah, brutal!